Mice and Mice Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Daniel and there's guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tice and Mice Podcast. Tice and Podcast. Podcast. I'm in a world of madness. I'm in a world of podcast. I'm trying just to pod. Mm-hmm. I think to myself every day, Danielle, how do you cast? I got sharks swimming in my soul, but they should be podcasts. (laughs) I want a podcast. I'ma put an EP out about me podcast now. Wow, 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 wow. Welcome to Titans and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and the hilarity that it deserves. I'm the D1 Classic, Danielle Rafford. Is that like a bra size thing? What does that mean? G1 Classic, D1 oh, okay. Classic. Oh, no, I would be more than a D. Like, You're like a triple D1 Classic? I'm like a bunch of Ds. Oh, how many Ds? Oh. Ds nuts. Oh. Whoa. I don't know. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> I am a D's nuts. Um, I don't, it depends on what thing, but I'm like, I'm, I'm at least a dubsty. Depending on like the manufacturer. Damn. I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Mr. Rap or Tap, Mike Eagle. Okay. All right. Rapping or tapping. I like it. Ribbity rap rap tip 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 rap tip. One or the other. You'd have been a star in the eighties. I went back to the eighties. That's the only thing I like. Um and our special guest who you'll recognize from wrestling rings and podcasts all over the world, it's Sarah the Rebel Sarah, please tell us about your career as a wrestler, um, which includes being the manager of one Mr. Tyler Bateman. Oh, he's so good. He is. He is so good in every way. You can't even imagine. Um, So I started training a few years ago, I think two years ago now, when I met Xavier Woods at an E3 party and was Mm -hmm. like, whoa, wrestlers are people? Humans? And I could just- He might be the most human. Go. Yeah, he's he's very human. human. And I could just go to a school, huh? Mm-hmm. So I thought about it then, uh, but then I was also like, well, I don't want to be creepy. Like, hi, I just met you, and now I'm stealing your career. Uh, so he ended up inviting uh, us to a show, my uh, my podcast co-host Tamara and I. And when we left the show, there was like a flyer on the car window, the windshield, and it was for Santino Bros. So I started training like a month later. You are rocking a sweet Santino Bros tank top right now. Oh, I am. Oh, yeah, it's good. I forgot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, I like it because it's pink. Um, and... So I've been through training and everything, and I mostly work as a manager now. I haven't officially debuted as a wrestler um, as myself. That's a long story that I can't tell you about, but uh, I will debut hopefully in October. Nice. That's awesome. So you also recently finished the New Japan Dojo Camp in L.A. What can you tell us about that, Um, especially if you have any insight on whether or not New Japan might be looking to do more women's wrestling in the future? If it's something you can talk about, that is okay. Yeah, uh, the insight is no. <laughs> um, That's the, some good insight. Yeah, they, a stuff. lot of people mm-hmm. assume that when they saw like, oh, a woman went and 
trained there. And then after me, Rachel Ellering was in another camp. But we were literally the only two women to do the camp. It's just a, a, a camp you could sign up for. And I don't even know why they accepted women because I had a real hard time. They didn't change any weights for me. Do y'all oh, see how small I am? And I'm not, in there wow. with all the muscly dudes. And I'm doing the circuit with them. And I'm doing all these jump squats. I wanted to die. I was sick, too. It was a very intense experience. Really awesome. In the end, I'm happy I did it because now um, whenever I try to, like, back out of something my boyfriend could be like hey you know what this isn't going to be as hard as <laughs> the new <laughs> japan for wrestling camp and then i have to be like okay i can do it um so yeah they they just it was just a camp the camp means nothing it doesn't mean any of those people in the camp are going to get a deal with new japan like literally anyone who goes to the camp is just there to learn and whatever comes of it is whatever comes of it it like even my boyfriend getting to do like the opening match at the new japan um dojo show that they did was not related to necessarily to even the camp that had already been beside it before we went through the camp gotcha did i say beside it you said beside 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 it's cool that's better than decided my tongue hurts because i bit it in half during training wait what what's the story uh it's actually a really stupid story somehow i had my mouth open during a tackle i don't know why or how what was going on sometimes your mouth's got to be open man it just happens right you should generally keep your tongue out of the way of your teeth while you're wrestling that's true very (sighs) important rule and somehow something went wrong just on a normal tackle. I got choke slammed and was perfectly fine, but I took a tackle and like ruined my tongue. <laughs> oh, um, well, in addition to um, tongue ruining news, keep your tongue <laughs> in your mouth, I guess is the, the, the. I mean, in wrestling. But we've also got a lot of other wrestling news that we wanted to get your opinion on, including <laughs> what happened last week on NXT Tommaso Ciampa versus Aleister Black for the NXT Championship. Here's what happened. Are you serious? This happened? Oh yeah, my dude. How did how did I not know this? I actually don't know because it was literally everywhere. Uh, not everywhere. Some next level spoilage avoiding. Yeah, that's a really good job. I was just living my my natural black life. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, Champa is our new NXT champion. This is last week. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. And it's all Johnny Gargano's fault. Well, Julian, okay. <laughs> A- okay. After he accidentally hit Black with the title, I look, there was interference. I'm not going to go. I'm the, look, I have I, opinions. I love Johnny, but he he got in his, he played himself. Let's be real. Congratulations, Johnny. He did get in his own way. And, and sometimes interference, that's why you should just let everything be a clean match when you're... Uh, baby face, you should just clean match it up. Did it did it make him look stupid? Gargano? Like yeah. I felt like it did. It did or didn't? To me, it, it looked stupid. I was like, well, why did you interfere then? You know, regard like just because he grabbed the belt. I don't know. I felt like there were plenty of other times that you would have interfered if you were gonna interfere. So it felt very like dumb to me. I felt like it was um it was very passionate. And misguided, but I. I, I uh, <sighs> they usually don't do dumb book and stuff like that on NXT. So no, it wasn't surprising. dumb. I will say it wasn't like it wasn't dumb. Whether or not you could say that it made Gargano look dumb is something else. But it was it was smart. But I'm saying they don't they usually don't do that. Like that's the thing yeah. they do on the main roster a lot. They make the baby faces look stupid. We're gonna yeah. talk about that later. But yeah, we are. So. I don't know. It, it's it's usually usually they avoid that in NXT, so that's kind of surprising. It's kind of playing into uh, Gargano's 
obsession right now because he's kind of obsessed with the way he lost that yeah. match in in what it was at Chicago or wherever. So it's kind of like he's not thinking straight and just doing things that are completely out of character for him because he's going crazy at the fact that he lost the match. That's kind of what it's Yeah, it's good into. character work. Yeah. But when you watch line, it, if you, if you ever get time, <laughs> when you watch it, I do want to uh, know what you think. Okay. So next, we're going to talk about this week, Brock Lesnar's return to Raw. We did get a new meme out of it. It looks like he and Paul Heyman are on the outs. Personally for me, I thought that Paul Heyman's performance in this episode of Raw was so good. It was so great. It was great. Um, him groveling, him trying to save his own job, him throwing Brock under the bus and then being beat the smooth the fuck out for it. I thought it was great. What do you think, Sarah? I really loved his face as he turned when Brock's like... Music, music hit, hit the conniving like yes. ho, 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 face that he made like man that man's just got it down um but i also didn't quite get why he was getting choked out was it just that he was like i tried to get brock and he wouldn't come because he was i think it was mm -hmm. uh first of all that part of the buildup of this episode unfolding was that paul was getting on brock's nerves um, mm. It seems like mm -hmm. you know they're wanting they're, they've isolated the fact that part of the reason people do ever cheer for Brock is because Paul is so well liked and yep. catchphrases and all that. So they're looking to actually. It looks like they're kind of, they're trying to isolate him from that, so he can yeah. be like full on. Everybody hates him. Heal, and that's part of why I think also uh, to to build off of that. I think that they're also recognizing that so much of what the heel heat that Brock has isn't that he's beating up on our faves. It's that he's never fucking around. Right. This was a for me. It was great because it finally felt like oh shit, some character development. Like this feels like plot being moved. And then I remembered oh SummerSlam's coming. Of course it is. Yeah, I mean I like. <laughs> it as a thing i think it's a, a very smart move to um to fully develop the crowd's distaste for lesnar's not being around and have yeah. that play into his character and have him be a heel but it does seem like it's low-key once again in service of trying to trick people into cheer for roman it worked it worked it, it, it kind of worked because then there was a we want roman but then there was a really strong no we don't uh volley chant going back and forth you know, you know? So I, I just recorded for my podcast, Women Wrestling Friends, the other day, and we realized this is probably like the 17th woman I've had on who said, okay, well, I, you know, my favorite wrestler, I don't really want to say because, you know, people, and we automatically know Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. So like there is a very strong fan base for Roman Reigns. So like sure. some people are trying to say, oh, it was Strowman and they copied over it. People who were at the live show said, no, they were definitely cheering for Roman. I mean, I was just happy to hear the crowd booing Brock the way they should. Like that was such a good angle like you were saying so this could possibly be the thing but i i am out of any hope for people solidly being behind roman i'm i am i think we've been as an audience just kind of uh uh given like this kind of blue balls over and over again for him to actually get that moment i just and i, I feel like they've missed the window on it so even now when it happens it's not going to feel like mm -hmm. what they want it to feel like you know I think he needs to go away and come back as Aquaman. I like that. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that's great. I have always felt this way. Best idea yet. <laughs> uh, ooh, ooh, bring Aquaman and fucking Denise from Cosby Show on, and have them come on because oh, they're yeah. married. Um, and have them come on. Interesting. You know, she cut Lenny Kravitz's hair. You know, it was her that did it. Remember when he used to have a dreadlocks? I thought that it was um, Chris Summer. No, 
It was really. Him. They all used to kick all, it together. They're though. all close. Yeah, just they're, a bunch, all, they're a bunch of hippie, hippie man, black people. I just really all, love that you have this information though. Who oh, who, yeah. who cut Letty's hair? Look, just <laughs> just some real onky black people. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome yeah. back to the onky black people podcast. <laughs> We're very granola. It's great. <laughs> um, so moving on to black folks, Alicia. I love that I get to say that. God, I love this podcast. Moving on to more black folks, Alicia Fox, gang gang, beat I Natalia. So oh, I love her so much. Before getting involved with Ronda Rousey. I personally was so fucking excited for some good Alicia Fox action. How did y'all feel? I've seen Alicia Fox be really good before. Unfortunately, I feel like she was too, she's moving too fast. She was trying, like, she was kind of doing what rookies do, where they try to hurry, hurry, hurry to the next spot. And I actually didn't think this was one of her best matches at all. But on the other hand, I'm just so freaking happy they let her have a match and let her win that I'm like, whatever, I don't care. You know what I'm, you know what I meant to do, but I got high too many times between then and now? was that I wanted to actually research how many times Alicia Fox and Natalia have wrestled each other. Oh, God. It's got to be, like, in the hundreds, you know? And that's not saying For 10 seconds at a time. Right. 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 But, you know, I just just love Alicia Fox as a character, as a worker, Mm -hmm. and everything. And, And it probably wasn't one of her best matches but she doesn't get to work consistently right, enough right. to maintain that's what it kind of I think, yeah I, I think this is one of those ones where she's like this is my moment right. I'm gonna get all of my shit in yes did it work necessarily perfect no was I happy to just see her and remember how good she is and hopefully other people remember yes yes Charlotte Flair isn't just back. She is now in the Smackdown Women's Championship match at SummerSlam against Carmella and Becky Lynch how are y'all feeling about this I, I, I loved Carmella's um, performance. I thought that she did really, really well. I thought that it was a good showing that she doesn't necessarily... She Carmella, she's strong. She don't need no man. Um, I thought that it was really entertaining. Do you think this was a strong performance for Carmella, or do you think this was a slight against Becky? I think... I really liked this angle. I found myself wishing, like most things that, that I see in WWE, that they just stretched out a little longer. I was just... I found myself imagining how dope it would have been if they'd stretched that out over like three weeks with her playing yeah. that character and really roping people in because people were mm-hmm. fucking going for it, you know? Um, and they just, you know, it's everything so instant now, so she had to do the turn back quickly. But it was a great show. Which is so weird because you have so many shows. Yeah. Why does it always feel like everything needs to be rushed? You have so many shows. You could have done this two weeks ago well yeah. that's what Gail Kim was saying is like her some we asked her on the women wrestling friends show we mm-hmm. said what is something you would change about women's wrestling right now and she said give the women time right and it's like the guys can have these long stretched out things but even with like Sasha and Bailey which I know we're going to talk about later so I won't yeah. get into but it's been such a stop start stop start weird thing because mm-hmm. they don't seem to ever want to give things like real time to soak in like mm-hmm. that KO and Jericho friendship worked so well because they sucked us in what was it like a year and we all knew betrayal was coming but it didn't matter you know what I mean like I would love for women to get time to do stuff that really concerns me you know they're gonna be touting this all women's pay-per-view for (laughs) months and how how are they gonna (laughs) tout tout (laughs) but how are they gonna do that when they're only putting a half an hour women's programming on a week how are they gonna build up enough stories to fill up a whole card (laughs) well and again like I mentioned Carmella had a great promo she had a great match against Charlotte blah 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 blah. I think Um, it's just gonna go on the merit of oh it's an all women's 
pay-per-view and oh, that's what Trish they're gonna count, oh right. Lita like that's no, what they're gonna, gonna there's gonna be yeah, yeah oh no it's gonna be a lot of nostalgia pop I do think that look, what the great thing is is that the women involved are not gonna let this be shit even if the buildup is the women involved are going to take this and make this the best thing we've ever seen on their own merits and probably with minimal help um before we take this break after that singing segment between Elias and Bobby Lashley oh boy do you think they want Bobby Lashley to be funnier than he is? I I I I I don't I don't know what they want from Bobby Lashley. I'll tell you what I what I do know. That whatever they come up with him, they don't practice in the back once. <laughs> they don't get any sort of sense of how it might sound for notes to come out of the man's mouth. You might want to have him sing first. What do you think, Sarah? Uh, so on a live show, he did sing uh, that, that's, that I saw, and I thought, oh, dear. Um, because I think he has to be being bad on purpose, because that's a very simple song. And I don't think it's possible for anybody to sing that song that bad. Uh, my boyfriend sounds like a monotone robot, and I'm pretty sure even he could get a little more... Mm. Something. Shout you out tell Tyler me this Bateman. Man, your mustache is amazing. It is. You gonna tell me this man has no sense of rhythm? Because I don't know. That seems I've real seen him iffy. wrestle. He feels like he has, like, he, he's very good at one, two, one, two, and three. And he was four, in the five. military. I'm just saying. I feel like he would have, I think he was trying to be off key, like you said, to be a funny character. But so then, if, so then, the, I, the I would like to point view, out real quick, though. Sure, sure. Braun Strowman was also made to be humorous when dealing with Elias. That's true, and he also did a funny song, and he sucked at it. But we already liked him. But yeah, but they and they and made, we bought in, and they made Strowman hyper violent, which canceled out. You know, like yeah, he was funny mm-hmm. with the big giant double bass, and he broke it over his head. You know what I mean? So it was it was fine. Like this, That's Bobby true. comes Nina, out. Nina and Daniels sings. can't do that, right? <laughs> That's the homegirl too. But um, and this Bobby, I wouldn't want her to. Bobby comes out. And he sings bad, and then he gets beat up. <laughs> like I don't, I don't understand. Where was my payoff? What's supposed to happen here? All right. Well, speaking of Nina Daniels, uh, she should just te- teach everyone how to play a stand-up bass, and we'd all be fine. If you've got any thoughts about what we've discussed so far, let us know about them on Facebook.com/groups/tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter and Instagram. Up next, we're going to discuss even more from this week in wrestling. Hi everybody, I'm your oldest brother, Justin McElroy. I'm your middlest brother, Travis McElroy. And I'm your sweet baby brother, Griffin McElroy. Me and 3,000 of your closest friends just found your next podcast obsession. Cereal! Okay, but like, the second best podcast. 99% Oh, f***, just listen to my brother, my brother, and me on MaximumFun.org. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Danielle Radford, and I'm joined today by... Michael Eagle. And... Sarah the Rebel. Okay, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, we have a, we have got to talk about this part of Raw that a few of you have wanted to know about. The latest in the on-again, off-again feud slash love slash feud between Sasha Banks and Bailey. So, at first, 
in like the last couple of weeks, it seemed very much like, are they gay? Is they gay? Yeah, yeah. Nigga, are it you seemed, gay? Nigga, is you gay? Nigga, is you gay? Can you please be gay? Can, Can you, you please be gay? Can you confirm your gayness? Push for your all of faces us, together. Push them together. Bezo, So with uh, with Bailey and Sasha, y'all know that more than anything in the world, I wanted this to be gay, and I refused to believe it was gay. I refused. I was like, nope. I know they ain't gonna do me right. I know they're gonna do me wrong. Yeah. Right. As usual. Yeah. As usual. And then all the stuff on social media happened. I still remember when they when they first were both there. Mm-hmm. I was like, now please, please let this relationship that they have be a romance. Because how many more layers does that add? It's not just oh you're my friend and I'm gonna betray, but like oh you're my you're my lover and I feel betrayed, or but I don't want to betray you because I love you, and so that's why. Like I was saying the whole time, like let Sasha love Bailey. So I've been waiting for the what two years now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, I will say, even though there is an upside. I am now, I went to a point where I was like, oh, maybe it's gay. I am now firmly at it's not fucking gay. I'm sorry, y'all. I wanted it to be gay, too. It's not fucking gay. But the upside, I believe that they are building a credible women's tag team division. Because if you look, they did, like, they have similar, like, now they have matching gear. Their gear matches. They have boss and hug connection gear. They have a move. That name. I know. But, you know, they're both fangirls. I get it. They have a move together where you go into the bank statement and then it goes into the the Bailey to Belly. They have a move. And it looks good when they do it right. You don't like it. I just hate her Bailey to Belly because it looks like not a finisher Mm. compared to everybody else's finisher. Yeah. But it looks but but when they combine them, it looks good. And it's also like. They have so much time between now and evolution when when Stephanie McMahon will come out and be like, hey, remember how horrible everything used to be? Now it's not. Now you have women tag teams wrestling and we can be like, all right, bitch, get out the stage. <laughs> um, any other thoughts about like a women's tag team or Sasha I wanted, Bailey? I want it to happen. I mean, the Sasha Bailey thing, the other way you have a tag team care about each other is they hate each other. And then eventually earn a love for each other the right. way they did with Seamus and Cesaro. Yes, um, the bar is amazing. And, and I'm glad to have them back. Right. And again, with Kevin Owens and Jericho, it's like when you have a cat and a cat owner. The cat owner wants the cat to love them. Everyone watching wants the cat to love them. But the cat, it is aloof. And so we're all <laughs> invested. I like those kind of relationships, too, where it'd be like maybe, you know, Charlotte does play back that she loves Becky on social media. But maybe even like if, if Charlotte and Becky were a tag team, Charlotte always being a little more aloof than Becky is would draw us in because we're like we want you to love her back yeah um so like yeah I I love tag teams I love interactions with with friendship in violence I don't know why but that has always been a really big thing for me in wrestling is I want to see the the strong honor filled friendships that warriors Mm. have that's Mm. like my jam I love that as well I'm not gonna lie what do you think that sounded fucking exciting right Um, I, you, Love and honor and <laughs> I just feel like we're so far away from the women getting enough time to make a women's tag team division work mm-hmm. storyline-wise. Mm-hmm. I just want to see them develop strong storylines for women, period. And then once they kind of have that foundation and they can start kind of start uh, clicking tag teams up. And also, I cannot imagine a world where Sasha versus Bailey does not headline this evolution pay-per-view so the way i see it is like 
we're just off again in terms of the progression of the story mm-hmm. so they can set up the next turn because they have to have their match on that show. They have to. I just think it's it's crazy the way they do book her, though, because Sasha can have a good match with anyone. And that's yeah. what I realized, because her and Charlotte used to have these amazing matches, mm-hmm. right? And everyone's like, oh, her and Bailey had these amazing matches. You put Charlotte and Bailey together and you got garbage. And Becky is pretty similar as well. But I like. Agree. They're not the ones getting the belt and getting the attention. And part of it, of course, is because Sasha is bad at pre-written promos. I don't know if she's better at not pre-written promos. I don't know if she'd do better if she just went off the cuff. I don't know. But that's another thing where having a tag team or having a manager would easily fix that. So it's kind of weird that they, they're willing to go forward with Nia Jax, who sounds like she should be at the mall um, getting her nails done every time she speaks instead of being a monster. Um, and they're willing to just let her do that, but they won't let Sasha stumble around. So I don't know. I do think it's weird. They they put a picture for Evolution up, and it was all these white women with their light hair, and I was mm. just like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, well, no, the, that picture where it's just a bunch of blondes was weird. But yeah. I will say that Nia... She does has a she like I oh my I, god I I'm gonna kick your ass Danielle I, yeah, I don't but it's also like I will crush I'm you. also like look I'm a monster who sounds like I'm a valley no, girl and I will still beat your ass you don't sound like she does you I do don't not. know I feel very strongly like I do no even you do not no you your voice changes when you're serious about stuff I don't know if you heard that in yourself well but I still think and I've talked about this before when it comes to Naya Naya the, such a big problem with Naya is they've never had someone who is a beast who was built like a beast who has that fucking face i just think with vince at the end of the day typically nine times out of ten you can chalk up somebody's positioning to how they look and yes. and it's just that's that like if sasha was taller she'd probably be booked better and that's just kind of what it comes no, down to but then we have carmella because, uh, carmella alexa looks bliss. crazy yeah and alexa bliss is like two inches shorter than sasha which is crazy but but, see, but, but, but now the thing what understanding what i'm saying is this sasha i think the deal with her is that she looks small so vince doesn't book her but mm-hmm. if vince thinks somebody is attractive he also books them well you know what right. i mean like that's yeah, the other yeah, side yeah, of yeah. it with him a, a lot of times just about like how the optics register to him Right. Um, so the number one contender for the WWE title, Samoa Joe, came out on SmackDown and cut this promo. Because after I'm done tearing down your house, after I'm done putting you to sleep, oh, your wife and kids, they'll have their daddy back. But I will be WWE champion. I'm so turned on right now. Yeah, um, I don't have a house, but like, if I did, please don't turn, don't tear it down. That was Samoa really Joe. Expensive. Yeah. yeah, tear my house down. It's please. hard because he's such you, a. Sweet but you man. just got it. <laughs> tear down, Joe. Come tear my house down, please. <laughs> please. Can he have your avocado trees? Oh my God. He can have whatever he can carry. You can have whatever you like. like. That's yeah. what I sing to myself when I get sad. Like, oh. no, don't be sad, girl. This world is yours. Flights on the jet. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think? Are you on board for this feud? Or I mean, um, absolutely. I'm on board anytime Samoa Joe gets to do something. Womp, 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 womp. Literally anytime. I feel like I, I'm pretty sure they do this in part for advertising, in part because of how their pay system with the wrestlers works. But trying to put everybody on the show means that we rarely get really good promos, yeah. promos feuds, any of those things. And they have pulled so many amazing talents from the indie scene. 
only to kind of put them into purgatory. And I feel like Samoa Joe is somebody who you were saying blue balls earlier. He's somebody that keeps have given us blue balls because Absolutely. they're like, here he is. He's being awesome. He's in this four-way you didn't expect. Oh, but he ain't doing nothing. Here he is again. Oh, he ain't hitting on diddly. He's somebody we want to see tear it up. We The crowd is behind him. Do more with Samoa. True. Tear the houses. Tear down all the houses. Don't, not um, my house, though. I need it to live. Tear my house down, Joe. <laughs> if house is like code for something else, maybe, but no. Not my actual house. It's also code. <laughs> your house is too nice. So, Mike, speaking, eh. speaking of your nice-ass house and other things, what do you think about the state of the Raw Tag Division with the B-Team as champs and the deleters of world as heels putting over the revival? I don't understand. Only because... Well, look. He had to sit up for this. Bray and... Um, Bray and Matt, what are we doing? What are we doing, Bray and Matt? What are we doing? And Matt put out this weird cryptic tweet today that sounded like people were like, are you retiring? Like, what's happening? I wish he would, because bless him, he's very engaging and interesting, but his actual in-ring moves, he looks like Grandpa. Yeah, his his lower back don't bend no more. It don't, and he'd be hitting them into the thing, and you see the other person's like, take my own bump, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I got to say, and as as much as I'm a fan of... um, the broken concept and the broken universe and the woken and all of that. This week, when they got in the ring and he started talking, I just got upset. I just got upset. I just didn't want to hear that shit. I'm, I'm, I'm upset. So, <laughs> so tired of, of hearing, like, because he talks, and, and it's it's funny that he's standing next to Bray because he's the other one. You could talk all this shit, but it doesn't fucking matter. Yes. doesn't fucking matter. Bray, if they'd booked him right, could have been our undertaker, and you would Ex- never convince me otherwise. Absolutely. And so them throwing him with this old man, bless his heart, who's doing his best, <laughs> I'm just like, what are you doing? And then the B team feel like they're straight from 1995, which yeah, I can appreciate. Squad, yeah. Right, and they're, they're being and funny and me. weird. Right, like B stands for fantastic. Like, yeah, cool. <laughs> whatever. This is fun for the kids. But like, what is happening? Yeah, <laughs> Why are you the champions? I I like the B team. I like them going up and trying to party in like Roman's bus. But when you have such high concept characters as Matt and Bray, you have to do more with them. They look stupid when they ain't winning. This, this, can you imagine? True. Can you imagine? The Undertaker and Kane just losing week after week after week. Right. What would we think? We would laugh at them. Every time someone brought up The Undertaker, we would treat him like the shock master. Right. Like, that's what we would do if they right. treated them the same way they are treating Bray and fucking Matt. Like, when you have these characters that are so super heightened, you have to treat them seriously and you have to make them mean something right. or else they're a joke. Yes. Absolutely. It's really kind of depressing. And it's strange because when he was by himself, even though he was losing, Bray Wyatt was still getting pops from the crowd because he had that dope entrance. He was still captivating most of us yep. with his promos just because he's so good. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? And his in-ring is great. Amazing. He's so good. So he's so good. What? Where was the disconnect? Is it his dreads? Is it's it because he's height. banging the 19-year-old? I don't know. Oh, JoJo? Well, Jojo? she's at least 23 by oh, now. Oh, you're right. She Years keep passing. My bad. But <laughs> dang, I yelled at her once. I was like, JoJo, you're so fun. And she was like, Josephine is, Josephine is real fine. Josephine, she is in person. Like, T- I lost my... T-H-I-C-C. Little thick, too. Tiny thick? goodness. Like, how did you even do it? I just yelled. I didn't plan on yelling. It just came... compelled. It jerked out of me. And then she was like, thank you. And I was like, oh. 
So, um, so what are we thinking about the SmackDown Tag Team Tournament so far, Sarah? <laughs> uh. <laughs> wow. I just, I don't know what's going on with the tag team division lately. Like, it seemed like, I'd say two years ago, things were getting exciting, right? Like, all the, you know, the revivals here and this brand switch has caused some interesting things. The bar was kind of just forming and the New Day were still going strong and the Usos had switched to the penitentiary and they yeah. were all hardcore. And now I'm just like, I don't know what you're doing and I don't understand. <laughs> me neither. Yeah, it does feel really stagnant I mean, to me. I when mean, they, when they brought in... The Bludgeon Brothers, it seemed to kind of bring everything to a halt because suddenly there was no movement in the division. And and I don't, you know, I get it because you got these two big guys and you want to mm-hmm. put them over. So, you know, yeah. you have them run through a bunch of people, kill a bunch of jobbers and you get them the title. That's great. But there's just been no movement. It's just been so stagnant. Does it? Then. Do you think it, it's do you think that they haven't really what do you think of the Bludgeon Brothers' personality? Do you feel like they're not giving them enough of one to... I would say that. They're trying to make it kind of creepy, I feel like. But they're both... Well, okay, I don't know Rowan so much. But Luke is good on the mic. Yeah, he is. But he's not really doing anything compelling with the promos that they're doing. He's not really bringing it. And they, I don't know if that's written. them. I think right. they're terribly they're written terribly promos. Written. I want to hear about their creepy vineyard. Right. Tell me about your that's is also that, your Craigslist ad. I saw it this say, week. Is that also code? <laughs> creepy Vineyard? Is no, 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 no. Because Rowan, right? What would it right? be? Julian Rowan's the one who was like, I love wine. I love talking about wine. Yeah, he was a gene, like a like a creepy genius. Like he was solving Rubik's Cubes oh, like backstage. Shit. And he loved wine. Yeah. And like, so that was when they came out. I was like, okay, cool. Build on the stuff you've already built on. Rowan's a genius. But, like they, all this but other they, stuff. they intentionally like you know, for lack of a better word, deleted all of that history that yes. we knew about them. Like, they wanted to almost start mm. fresh. Like, other than the fact that it was them two and we know that they were uh, part of the um, the Wyatt family, they seem to have wanted us to forget all of the history. Which is weird because the history still totally lines up with them being psychopaths who teamed up. So right. Right. it was really weird that they wanted to erase the good stuff built already. I watched my friends get demolished by them, by the way. Which Pete, was, shout out to Peter Avalon, looking like yeah. his whole body flipped inside out when he got landed on that move. But still looking like a snack, Peter Avalon. Oh, really? Girl, oh, don't say that. He'll be in your house tomorrow when you say his name three times in the mirror. <laughs> Peter Look Avalon, out for Peter him. Avalon, Peter Avalon. <laughs> he got the mustache and he's out of control. I love it. I love that this is our horn episode ever. Well, I'm on I the show. Well, Have you met me? I mean, now we hey, know. hey, now we know. I am usually the horniest on this show, yeah. and I am do. I usually do such a job. Occasionally, Kelk will, me and Kelk will get on that horny vibe, but like, look, we're being real horny on Maine right now, and hey, this is going to be what it is. You feel the vibe, you got to go for it. Look, it's a know? real, it, it's a real thirst on Maine. Um, well, here's something that'll that'll kill all your horny. So, are you still enjoying Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy? Oh, no, that was, was so sensual. What do you mean? <laughs> that is the horniest thing that happened on WWE television this whole week. That man took a soft, warm rag and so gently, so gently wiped the makeup off of Jeffrey's face. So, Jeffrey. as he was as he was cradling his head and said, "I, I got you, Jeffrey." Clearly, you can't see for all the pain in your eyes. You can't see the true love that stands in front of you. Allow me to make it clear for you. Come here. Get right here under my bosom. I like this Randy Orton better than any other Randy Orton. Hey, this is a great Randy just happening before our eyes right now. I love him. He's a butterface, but I'm... uh, Oh, yeah, he got that big old crow magnet (laughs) forehead. He does. I will say Randy Orton is hot. He looks a lot like a um, 
like a, a What's caveman? The from, no, caveman. Do, do from the Geico commercial? No, do Hooper. <laughs> Who? Uh, no the, J- he looks like a uh, J- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No. Joseph, first like of his, all, like you think his, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is attractive, so we already have a problem. If Joseph Gordon-Levitt had super mumps, he would look like <laughs> Randy Orton. Um, we don't body shit. Well, no, we might when it's Randy Orton. I'm How do you saying. feel about He's got a wonderful hair. body. He's got body, excellent that's hips. That's the only thing, yeah. He's got excellent childbearing hips. He ain't hips. got a booty, but other than that, everything about Randy Orton's body, I just do well, this while uh, y'all can't see me, but booty, I'm holding up a hand. But he had a booty, but, you know, eventually. Did he have at, a booty? At, look, at some time, the wellness program is going to come Oh, he had a steroid booty. <laughs> I get it. How'd it go away? Okay, anyway. I mean, that's what happens. So how do you feel about Shinsuke getting into this? I love it. But they also should have made out. Beso. Yeah. Beso. Beso me That's what uh, uh, we say all the time whenever Tyler like gets in somebody's face at a match. He's actually yelling, Beso, at the, <laughs> the whole time. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> yes. Oh, and, like, what, he, When he's acting like he's angry and saying some crazy shit, he's like, Beso. Basil. Do I love it. it. I love <laughs> it. All right, that's pretty fucking adorable. Oh, this makes me really excited. How much did y'all love? I loved it, so I'm gonna just go ahead and say I loved it. Zelina Vega's SmackDown in ring debut against Lana. Who I haven't finished has this match Russian match yet. I didn't see it, and I I'm ex- I want to see match. it though. I'm really excited. Well, for here, it. yo, okay, so I will go ahead and say that right now. So for those of y'all who don't know and who think it's just manager against manager, Zelina Vega has been doing this shit for almost ten years. She was a knockout. She's been doing on the indies she has been wrestling for forever um and she her and lana looked really fucking good you know together. I, 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 the match to me didn't feel uh it didn't feel like a strong match but well, it's I, very much like one two three hip toss three one two yeah, three it felt, do yeah, a thing here yeah, exactly it felt like but one of those one super of the, choreographed yeah. like but it's one of the strongest matches that lana has had and it was a good debut for zelina I would say there's nothing wrong with a simple match. I was, uh, you know, Mercedes Martinez was recently announced for the second Mayan Classic. I'm in love with with her, too. And when my boyfriend got to wrestle her, I was like, can you put her in a waist lock so I can save that for my spank, bank? Anyway, she real real fun, is what I'm trying to say. And then I heard that she'd actually been on WWE Heat back in the, well, it was probably WWF. I don't even know when they changed. But she was on Heat back in the day versus Victoria. And if you watch the match, probably most people watch the match and be like, oh, what you just said, oh, that was very by the numbers, simple, blah, blah, blah. When people can do simple stuff very well, it does open the door for storytelling and for more stuff. I got to say that this match, though, it wasn't so much that it was simple. To me, it felt like an old Divas match. Ah, okay. Where well, it where where it just these these two together didn't feel like they were working a match. It felt like they were just trying to like get through it. Um, I, I be Lana. <laughs> no, I, I do think it was one of and Lana's been working, and I know that, that Lana like it's she has been working, and from all reports, she's been working. Zelina carried a lot of that match. Yeah, I am excited to see Zelina do more work if she wants to, but also I think that the potential for this is for Zelina to continue working with Lana because they are two people who can both talk enough to make a match interesting, and Lana can really work under the learning tree of Zelina, who, again, who has been doing this for almost a decade. Um, I'm excited to see where this goes. I thought for what it was, it was a good match. But I'm also like, you know me, I'm willing to give people, like space to grow and I ain't. learned. <laughs> there's so many no, women normally that, that happens on the indies, but right. you there, know. There's so many women that I feel like I wish I could send some to the past and pull some to the future, right? Mm. Like Lana during the diva era 
would have been awesome. She would have been pretty kick-ass and probably had some championship runs. And then people like Gail Kim, you wish you could bring them fast forward to now so that they could be having their debut when they're able to show off their real strengths. And that's why I think every time I see Lana, I'm like, dang, Lana, like you would have had this amazing Divas run. Well, that's evolution, baby. Um, Well, if you've got any thoughts on the week in wrestling, go to our episode thread at facebook.com slash group slash tights fights. And you can keep the conversation going at tights fights on Twitter and Instagram. Up next, we have got some things from the world of wrestling that you should know about up next on Tights and Fights. You probably know that Max Fun podcasters are funny in the talking way, but did you know they also are funny in the writing way? We are very excited to announce that John Hodgman and Paula Poundstone wrote books that have been named as semi-finalists for the 2018 Thurber Prize for American Humor. John Hodgman, celebrated fake internet court presider, is the host of Judge John Hodgman and was recognized for his book, Vacation Land. Paula Poundstone's book is called The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness, and you can hear her expound on happiness and many other topics on her new podcast, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. The Thurber Prize is one of the highest awards for humor writing in the United States, and we are proud to have both these authors on Maximum Fun every week. Paula Poundstone and John Hodgman, congratulations. Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties and Bites. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Danielle Radford, and I'm joined today by Michael Eagle and Sarah the Rebel. This week, we want to end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with you. This is the three count. Sarah, what would you like to put over? Okay, y'all need to go get a stardom account for this, or you can find it on the dark webs, I'm sure, if you have those mysterious ways of taking things illegally. But the January 21st episode of Stardom, Queen's Quest versus Oito Tai Elimination Gauntlet Match, um, if you guys liked Piper Nevin from the Mae Young Classic, which most people do, if you like Kagetsu, who they called Kagets in the uh, Women of Honor tournament, you need to see this match. Io Shirai is in there. She's just been announced for Mae Young Classic. This match blew my mind. I'm still thinking about it seven months later. Go watch it. I love it. Okay, that's amazing. Um, I had a quick question for you. Yeah. Who do you? Who is your favorite uh, female wrestler in WWE right now? Uh, I think it's a tie between, I have so many actually, Ember Moon and Asuka is probably my top, but I don't like what they're doing with Asuka right now, and if I was like a kid, she would not be my favorite wrestler anymore, so I wish they'd cut it out. That's real. Yeah. That's really fun. I do generally prefer indie, a lot of indie wrestlers and Japanese wrestlers. They're just doing different stuff, and they don't have the storylines. Yeah, who's your favorite indie wrestler right now? Uh, again, I'm not good with single favorites. I've got a few. I love Tell Piper. Us. Kagetsu is really, like I said earlier, she's really blowing my mind. She's really charismatic and athletic. And even, I don't speak Japanese. And yet I know everything she's trying to make me feel. Mm. But she she's very expressive. Um, Io Shirai is amazing. Mercedes Martinez, I love her too. Tony Storm. 
Yeah, she got that. Bo- I just, ooh, okay, I didn't say it, but she's got the you face. You can say Okay, okay I'm going to say it. Can you not say it? Is it? She, no, you can say she it. She got I this face and this booty, ooh. and you just put them together, and you're like, what? There's and, just and that good moment wrestling. where she puts her arms out, and she's doing the dance yeah, to, like, the, to her, her little, rompa, rompa, like that kind of music, and you're just like, what are you? You're amazing. Um, Those are probably my my top ones right now. Nice, nice, nice. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Mike, what do you got? So I've been really enthralled with this Robbie E. podcast, Wide Ended, because it focuses on wrestlers who whose careers are, for the most part, over, and they're, like, consciously aware of it. So I've been binging the shit out of the show. Um, one of their earliest episodes was about uh, Wildcat Chris Harris, who I think also went by Braden... I forgot the last name he went by and when he was doing his short stint in WWE. But one of my favorite parts of this podcast is like uh, he's over the course of the show telling the story of him uh, doing his indie training, him getting called up to TNA and spending a lot of time there. And then when he gets this shot with WWE, how excited Mm -hmm. he is. Then he tells his story of being there. I don't even think he was there a matter of months, but. If you listen to his story and how it sounds, it sounds like everybody who was there was just fucking with him the whole time. Oh. And and it like it broke him. It's like they were trying to break him and it worked. And uh and his career ended like when he was done with WWE. And I think it's just a really interesting uh story to hear from somebody who uh really thought that was going to be their big break and then actually came out broken. Oh, you just made me really sad. Yeah, yeah you got to listen to it. It's great. Um, and so for me, I've got two. They're very quick. They're just tweets. So the first one, this one is a really funny one. So in all of the, uh, or at least in the most recent promo for All In, um, it's always been All In, All In, All In. They have been plugging the All In, like, pay-per-view for months even before we knew that was what it was called that was the hashtag the most recent promos for tote steves talk about how all in they are in all like the promo was like we are all in everything is all in and blah 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 and so when that went up online the young bucks posted something um that was like wait what they posted that cody rhodes gif of like him putting his hand up to his ear and the camera coming towards him and then nikki bella on the bella account wrote lol we all felt the same when we saw it too blushy face and oh that's good yeah which i thought was just kind of a funny thing and then the young bucks wrote back like a smiley face i thought that that was really really funny but the other thing um and the more important one was that there was a fan who had bought tickets to All In and was his travel, like something something came oh, up. Yeah. And yeah, and he was unable to be able to attend um, some financial issues related to some other issues. And so he um, he had written to them at Cody Rhodes, I bought a ticket to All In. Um, from, all, from the way things are looking, I'm not going to have enough funds for travel or hotel. It's literally devastating. But I'm still glad I got the ticket because it helps you guys. Take it easy, man, and have one hell of a show. Cody Rhodes sent him, through his PayPal, enough money to cover his travel and his hotel and wrote him back saying, I sent you a little something, enjoy yourself. Me, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, with the whole crew involved, intend to make this count and no wrestling fan could miss it. 
uh, can miss it. And so just the fact that like they knew that this dude was so committed that he'd already bought a ticket and he couldn't go and they PayPal'd him enough money so that he could have a good time while he was there and not have to worry about other expenses or whatever. Um, that just made my little fucking heart flourish. Wrestling is so good when it's good, you guys. It was like that helpful Honda person before. <laughs> yeah. And Julian, our producer, has something that he would like to put over. I know. Julian, what do you got for us? Okay, so I'm glad that you guys mentioned uh, the people that were kind of jobbing out to uh, the Bludgeon Brothers for a number of months as they were kind of like getting some steam behind them. Because we have uh, one person who's always been a part of our production. You guys know our main event sting, which sounds like this. That scream is so good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. I, I, and uh, we, we've used it for a few months now. And somebody on Twitter tagged at Tights Fights and said, hey, guys. Um, and they tagged all of us in it. And they said, somebody took a big issue with your production. So I watched the video that they tagged in the tweet, and it was this. My name is Juan Francisco de Coronado. And Michael, Hal, and Danielle, you owe me some royalty money for using the scream heard around the world in your podcast. You can follow me and send me the PayPal. I'll be waiting. <laughs> that's so, the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, Juan Francisco de Coronado, thanks so much. And uh, Billy Kumo on Twitter. Oh, uh, Billy! Th- yeah, thank Billy, you. Billy, Billy, Billy! Sure, Billy. Yeah, he works yeah. with um, Kaiju Big Battle. Yeah, he works with Kaiju Big Battle. Oh, tight, okay. Yeah, so. or he used to, I think. I don't think he does it anymore. But yeah, Billy is the shit. Yeah, thank you, awesome. Billy. Yeah, he was the one who tagged us in it. So that was that was really oh, cool. Oh, honey. It's nice knowing that these people know we exist sometimes. So, um, yeah, and Francisco, if you ever want to sort it out, you've got a standing invite to come on the show whenever you want. I can't guarantee any money, but I can guarantee a fun time. All right, so that, uh, oh, that's the best thing in the world. That does it for Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. This week, our hosts were Michael Eagle and Sarah Wolf. Sarah, the Rebel Wolf. Along with me, Danielle Radford. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Where thank can you. people catch up with you online? Plug your everything. Cool. You can uh, find me on Women Wrestling Friends Weekly on AfterBuzz TV. You can also find me every other week on Women Wrestling Friends Podcast on iTunes. You can just Google it. It'll show right up or catch it on allgames.com. You can also find me at Sarah the Rebel everywhere on the whole planet. Sarah's an H is God in the Bible intended, so you'll never forget it. Um, and other than that, if you live in the L.A. area, come catch me at some local shows, homies, and cheer for me, because that happened this Sunday, and I was really, I was like, I'm a superstar. I, someone cheered my name. She is super around, and it's so exciting. <laughs> Mike, is there anything you want to put over? Um, What am I doing? I'll be at SummerSlam, and I'll be at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, and all of that in service of a show that I'm doing in New York at a place called Elsewhere Zone 1. It's a wrestling-themed rap show featuring myself. Our pal Mega Ran and this group Yay! Tron and DVD. That's August I mean, uh, 16th, I believe, in um, Brooklyn. I, you know, Hal's not here, but just just so I can make sure that Hal's views are known. If Raheem would like to talk about stars galore, Mm-mm. stars galore, <laughs> we would no. we would be here for this. I, I, I stand in opposition. <laughs> I forgot to mention I'll be at the May Young Classic. Hey. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, that's really important. You Sorry. should probably mention that. What are you doing? Uh, maybe interviewing people. We'll see. That's we'll amazing. See. It might not happen. Then I'll look dumb. But I'll be there either way. 
<laughs> um, and as with me, as per always, find me on um, Danielle Radford on Twitter, and you can see all of the things that I will be doing. Um, most of what I will be doing right now is dealing with all the broken things in my apartment um, and being really sad about a dog that I can't hang out with anymore. Oh, I have a mammogram follow-up, but you guys can't actually go to that. Oh, what? And- Let me scratch that off of my calendar. <laughs> and yes, I am young for a mammogram, but cancer runs in my family, but go get a mammogram. It's not as bad as you think. Um, uh, uh, close your eyes and think of wrestling. Our producer is the hunkyard dog, <laughs> Julian That's Burrell. so good. That's so good. That's so good. Holy shit, that's amazing. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music as well, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook.com slash group slash Tights Fights and at Tights Fights on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you love the show, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all of your friends. It's one of the easiest ways for us to get that merch y'all have been wanting. Thank you so much to the Max Fun members who make this show possible. We will be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.